Oh, my goodness. We're live once again. Joe and Mike, Mike and Joe, build assets online. And today we have a very special presentation for you. So special, in fact, that we only do this biannually, it seems. The last time we did a Google Ads update, a Google Ads presentation was in 2021. And since then, Joe, I mean, people say, people were saying dropshipping is dead back then. They're saying it now, but we've done a whole lot of sales with this strategy we're going to talk about. And uh, yeah, I mean, we're going to get into some updates. The world has changed. 2021, things were just changing. Now we got TikToks, we got uh, Instagrams, all sorts of, of viral content. So do people need to worry about that? What What's going to go on? So that's what we're going to discuss today. What's going on with you, Joe? Not much, you know, pretty, he pretty hectic morning, but uh, doing all good. You know, I guess the day-to-day -day focusing on dropshipping, focusing on AI stuff, I, I still think we're in kind of like a wild, wild west, go golden age, in fact, when it comes to combining AI content and dropshipping and AI content in general. So I feel like now is the, the time to seize things. Absolutely. If you haven't gotten started by now, then I don't know. I don't know what you're doing because things, I don't know, things just keep advancing. And the sooner you get in, the sooner you can uh, start yeah. taking advantage of some of this stuff. But got some people in here. Feel free to leave a comment for the algorithm. Say hello. Justin what? says, howdy. Jacob says, what's up? Preston says, what's the curtain behind Mike? Wouldn't you like to know? <laughs> so... Yeah, uh, let's get this presentation up here and um, you can start diving right into it. Joe, I'm drinking one of these. Uh, it's like a kombucha, but it's got like the mushrooms in it. You ever have one of these? Yeah, I have had that exact one, I think, actually. It's pretty good. It's like it's like Coca-Cola. Yeah, yeah, I like it. It's like Coca-Cola, but it's like five bucks. <laughs> well, I guess that's the price you pay for... It not Help. being high fructose corn syrup and flavors. Yeah. I mean, we were, we were talking the other day and it was like, we were saying how, you know, things are getting so crazy with inflation and stuff. It's like, if you had a, a regular salary job and you were making six figures, like hundred thousand dollars, is that even enough to have a, have a house, a family in this day and age? And I mean, obviously it depends where you live, but. I don't know. I, would, I think it would be getting it's getting more and more difficult. I would say. I feel like the necessity yeah. of having your own income stream, or ideally multiple income streams, is um, becoming more and more necessary. And I think as we get further into the leverage that computers and machines can do, like for example, if you're doing marketing for a company right now, there's going to be fewer and fewer people at companies doing that because a lot of the machines are going to be doing a lot of the heavy lifting. So yeah. I think that, you know, unless you're taking up a trade, you better be learning some things that allow you to make more income streams such as Google ads. Yeah. Even without dropshipping, Google ads is a great skill to learn because people are always looking for, um, you know, you can contact local businesses say, Hey, I'll run your Google ads. I'll do some local, uh, google stuff for you there's certainly a market for that and uh you know 
the local stuff is underground, but I don't want to get too deep into that. This is all about Google ads for drop shipping and who better than us to talk about this. This, this class is going to be brought to you by buildassetsonline.com slash class, which is our free web class all about how we build our online business portfolios, how we've sold websites for a total of over a million dollars combined. And uh, yeah, if you're not working towards that right now, then I really think you're um, leaving money on the table in this day and age because a lot going on and you you have the total ability to build multiple income streams. So, you know, you can sit there at your job and I don't know, you, you can get fired for an AI robot tomorrow. So might as well uh, start learning this stuff. So anyway, what's changed in 2020 versus 2023? So the last one, last Google ads update we did was 2021 coming off the heels of the, the panty wanny. And um, now, you know, we got a lot of things going on with supply chains, although, Oh, sorry about that. A lot of things going on with supply chains, although that's clearing up right now. Um, in my opinion, I'm seeing a lot better lead times than there was in 2021, 2022. So 2023, I think things are getting back on track, but, you never know what's going to happen with, you know, China and uh, that type of thing. TikTok is now a huge phenomenon and it's mirrored by Instagram reels. So people's attention spans are getting lower. People think, in my opinion, that the way to have a successful business these days is to be on these platforms and making content. And I think that's totally BS. Because we've, we've experimented with this. We've experimented with doing these uh, short form type things. Even for Build Assets Online, you see we have some that have, you know, thousands of views. I mean, we've done this on some of our stores as well. Some of them get tens of thousands of views. Do you know how much that leads to in sales? Probably not. I mean, whenever we put out a shorts video, what I will say is that it's a totally different audience than the people who watch our lives and the people who watch our longer videos. And to be honest, it's not the type of audience that I want to attract because I feel like a lot of them are just clicking through these shorts. They, they don't know. They don't know what's going on. They're not going to take the time to fully understand what we're all about here at Build Assets Online. Yeah. And we're going to get deeper into this as far as like top of the funnel, bottom of the funnel, et cetera. But yeah, that stuff, um, there's undeniably people that are doing really, really well with this, but there's people that do well with anything. This is all about what is the most efficient, most um, reliable, best bang for your buck type right. thing. And that type of content is just simply not it. I don't want to go too far off on a tangent here, Mike, but I was exploring, you know, just kind of putting the feelers out there for some other business models that can be done that are reliant on these, these things like Facebook ads, Instagram ads, TikTok ads, whatever. Some of the things that I was exploring that I thought might be good is ad arbitrage. So if you drive traffic from Facebook ads to your site with ads, you could potentially make some sort of margin there or get get because it's driving so much social traffic, get featured in the Google discover and then make money off the back end of that. And you could do a similar thing with lead gen. Like you can promote certain, you know, some, some of our, a couple of our students were telling us about how people they know are doing lead gen and different like, I don't know if I can reveal like the niches that they were talking about, but let's just say like uh, air condition repair. 
Like you can get air conditioner repair leads off Facebook and sell them to a lead gen company and blah, 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 blah. But the thing is you have to, so the ad networks and the lead gen networks, they're all 60 to 70 days more net payment. So you're laying out all these money on ads and then waiting 60 to 70 days to get paid. And I've had experiences with ad networks where they clawed back the earnings. So, you know, as much as it appeals to me to be able to put up some of these big numbers that you could put up in revenue with, with those certain business models, um, the downside is that if you, you have to spend so much money on these social platforms before seeing sort of like money back in your pocket. And the same goes with, with drop shipping actually, and, or just selling products in general, because a lot of what they'll do is they will build up a, like a, um, like a, like a, someone will order the product once and then they'll, it'll be a recurring thing. A lot of companies do that with social traffic. I feel like I see that all the time with stuff like mud water or whatever that, whatever the latest thing is that people are promoting, they'll try to build like a replenishable business off of these platforms. Right. And, and I think people, you know, they're, they're consuming so much of this content and they see businesses on there. They think that that's actually how you run a business these days. And they don't see all the failures and all like the wasted time and, and money associated with that. So they don't see the amount of money it takes to truly before you're yeah. like actually profitable with what I want to do. I want to pay a low amount for something, get a bigger amount back in my pocket as soon as possible and do that over and over and over again in a way that requires the least amount of my time. Right. When you get into this making content stuff, you have to do the creative, you have to do the ad, you have to do the hooks. They all, they get stale easily. It's like, so far and away from what you actually need to do to make money, what you need to do is just so much easier and you should be profitable out the gate doing the methods that we're going to talk about uh, in this presentation. So yeah, lastly, I was just going to get into how technology has changed in terms of um, ads and stuff, how everything now is gearing towards AI, like with the TikTok, the Instagram, it's all about the algorithm and all about, you know, the, the AI is getting smarter with how they serve content and does that matter? I'm going to tell you right now, not really. Google ads is doing their own performance max type stuff. We don't get into any of that. Maybe on YouTube, we'll talk about that. You can do some, um, you know, algorithm based type thing, but for the majority of cases, for the majority of people that aren't at a hundred thousand, 200,000 plus revenue on their dropshipping stores, they don't even need to leverage any of this like you know, uh, fancy AI algorithm type stuff. So why Google ads for drop shipping? Very simple query based marketing and high ticket products. These things go together like peanut butter and jelly. <laughs> and it's never going to go out of style. Why? Because if someone wants, if someone wants a chainsaw, they're not going to wait until they get hit with a, an Instagram ad for a chainsaw. Now, Instagram might detect that that person is looking for that, but only because they're going onto Google, they're going onto some sort of search engine and they're researching chainsaws. So there's always going to be a market for somebody that says, hey, I want this. And then they go and they put in a query into a search engine and they go and buy it. So when you're just starting out, when you're, I mean, you can build a, high six-figure business just off query-based marketing. People searching keywords and you show up 
in front of them for that particular search. That's it. You couple it with a high ticket product where you stand to make several hundred dollars to over a thousand dollars per sale. And things just seem to fall into place. So it's important that people really understand this here. This is the uh, buyer funnel as it's known. And there's many layers to this. So at the top, you have attention. And nowadays, people, I think, can relate to this more than even 2021. With TikTok, with Instagram, with these this new type of content, so much um, is coming at you now that's simply based on grabbing your attention and showing you something that you probably haven't seen before. It's not always going to be directly leading to like a purchase, but it could be like a recipe. It could be, I don't know, some sort of hack. It could be just an entertaining video, but everything right now is so geared towards top of the funnel stuff that people are starting to forget about what goes on at the bottom of the funnel. So at the top, right, you have attention. Somebody doesn't even know about a chainsaw. Maybe they got a big yard. They're not even, they're not even thinking about getting a chainsaw. They get an ad for this guy using this, this cool chainsaw, he whips it out, he friggin' slices a tree. And he says, Oh, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Now he moves down into the interest. He's in he's interested in maybe getting a chainsaw. And then, you know, time goes by, maybe he goes outside, he's got some uh dead trees hanging around. And then he says, you know what? I think I should actually get a chainsaw. And then what happens? You know, maybe he gets hit with another ad, or maybe he just goes onto Amazon, maybe he just goes onto Google and he searches chainsaw. And now he finds a product. And actually this cycle may start again for a particular brand, right? So he may just think, be thinking about chainsaws. He Googles chainsaw. Now he's going to become aware of a particular brand. He may become interested in it. He may desire to purchase it and then he'll take action and buy that particular chainsaw. So um, there's, there's layers to this type of thing. So for the majority of people just starting out, I think they need to stay away from the attention and the interest part of this funnel. You can go directly to the desire and to the action part. And we're going to show you uh, exactly how to do that today. So all you're going to need for dropshipping success is just Google shopping ads you search chainsaw, you see the pictures and the prices, that's Google shopping, Google search ads. So things showing up top couple of positions saying, Hey, buy a chainsaw here on Amazon, buy it on Wayfair, whatever Google retargeting. So this can be something like a display ad. If you're on a blog site and you see, you know, the ads, but what we actually like to do is take the people that land on our website. They search chainsaw, they land on the website, they go back and then they search again on Google. That is actually, you can do a form of Google retargeting where you are you set up a specific audience for people that are searching again in Google that have visited your website before and you can bid more on them because you reliably know that they're lower down in the funnel. Um, and then on top of that, you have Google ads for retargeting and you have YouTube, oh, sorry, you have YouTube ad retargeting and then you have YouTube uh, top of funnel videos. So this is kind of an order of importance. And we're going to get into uh, each of these things specifically. For, for their early on success, do people really need to get into the YouTube stuff? No. 
no, but we're, we're, we're just laying out everything that, you know, we do and we employ. Okay. So here we have a fake screenshot. <laughs> no. This is real. So I took this, uh, I don't even know what, why I use this date range, but 2020 to end of March did about 13 million in sales on one store. And I don't know what it is with StreamYard when I upload a Google slide, Joe, but the, the image quality is just trash. So I, I apologize for the bad images here. Well, I think because it, um, does that make it a little better? Yeah. The point I'm trying to get out here is, um, there we go. The point I'm trying to get out here is 12, almost 13 million in sales. And then if you see where it says cost right down, uh, at the, the bottom middle of the Google ads area, 716,000 in ad spend. So that works out to about an 18x return on ad spend. So we're spending $1 and we're getting $18 back in revenue. What are your thoughts there, Joe? That's uh, it's pretty good. I don't think you'd be able to replicate that with a social media campaign. And I'll tell you what, I saw a Twitter ad um, of this guy advertising, I guess, for his like e-com Google ads agency. Yeah. And he's like, we could do four to five X return on ad spend as if that was like a flex. Whereas if you, it's like not even profitable. Don't get me started with these agencies. <laughs> I, here's, here's the problem is that you just have these, and this could go into, we can go off on a whole tangent about this, but these big companies, they get They hire these agencies because they don't know how to sell online themselves. They do terrible numbers when they, the companies that get dealers that know how to do this stuff, I think are way better off. Yeah. Yeah. It's certainly I, probably a better model. Yeah. To just be the dealer, have dropshippers, give them a set margin whenever they sell your product versus hiring an agency to just right mess around. And you know, you got to pay a exorbitant bill each month. It's great to own your own products and sell your own products. Not that we do it, but yeah, that's that could be a good thing. But if then you have to hire an agency to do it, I think you're doing the. I think you're making a mistake. Yeah, you're right. That is that is actually kind of dumb. Like you're going to spend all this time and effort creating a product and taking it to market just to hand off the marketing to somebody you you don't even know. So anyway, the key principles in 2023, starting. Keyword starting at the bottom of the funnel, increasing ad spend while maintaining ROAS, which ROAS is return on ad spend and showed here 18X. Typically you want at least 10X. 10X means you spend $1, you make back $10. So if you do, let's say 10,000 in revenue on your dropshipping store, and your products have an average margin of 20%, then that's going to be $2,000 um, like net profit on the products. And you made $10,000, 10X return on ad spend. That means you spent $1,000 on ads. So that means you're basically doubling. For every $1 you spend on ads, you're making $1 back in actual profit. I know there's a little bit of math there, but $10,000 revenue, 
20% margin, that's $2,000. You spent a thousand on ads. So 2000 minus 1000, you made a thousand dollars pure profit. So that is what I found to be um, hitting greater than 10 is a very, very realistic thing. Uh, we've seen it all of our, not all of our students, I guess, but like we've been reliably able to coach virtually all of our students to get to 10 X and beyond. And um, I think 20% margin for a supplier is something realistic, but it also means worst case, if you have 10% margin on a supplier, like something gets messed up or whatever, and you have 10 X ROAS, you're not, you're not losing money. So anyway, bulking and cutting. And so this is something I talk about inside the course in the, the scaling modules and how important it is for scaling because people have this idea like with, it's like this Facebook ad type, uh, I don't know what, what you call it, wishful thinking that you have a working ad set and it's working at $5 a day and you bump it up to $5,000 a day and now you're rich. <laughs> and with Google ads, we don't really do it like that. And there's going to be a couple of reasons why when we get into Google shopping, we can explain it a little bit more, but like we're operating at 18 X return on ad spend because we've you bulk. So, you know, your ads are doing well. Maybe they're running at 20 X return on ad spend, but in order to actually make more profit, you need to spend more money. That's it's a very key principle, right? Like you're never going to be able to hit hundred X a hundred times return on ad spend. And maybe you can do it like for very little revenue but if you want to get into the 300,000 revenue, the 400,000, 500,000, the way to get there reliably is you have to spend more money on ads. And so if you can operate in this range, then, you know, you basically, you're at 20 extra turn on ad spend, you ramp up spend. Inevitably, some of it isn't going to work out. You cut that back and now you're back at a, you know, a good, a good return on ad spend, but you want to never dip below 10x return on ad spend on a monthly level. Can can you clarify what you mean by not working out? Like I'm so, assuming you're upping a lot, you're upping a lot of products, you're upping a lot of different ad groups, and some of them are just gonna flop. So you just cut those. That's the bulking and the cutting. Right. Right. Cause you know, with like with Google Shopping, for example, you can't tell Google um the keywords you want to show up for exactly. Right. You have to use segmentation. So when you increase a bid on Google shopping, you are increasing the uh, number of keywords you're going to show up for. And you're also increasing, you know, the, the position like for chain chainsaw, right? You could bid 50 cents and show up for the word chainsaw and have it be profitable. But maybe you say, all right, this is working out. I'm, I'm going to go up to 80 cents. And maybe it just doesn't work out because there's too much volume and to pay that price it just becomes not worth it. But keep in mind, on a Google Shopping ad, you're not you're not just going to show up for the word chainsaw. You're going to show up for diamond tooth chainsaw. You're going to show up for handheld chainsaw, like thousands and thousands of keywords. Right. So you're going to need to find that logical position with your bids in order to uh, maintain that return on ad spend. Got it. So that's it. 
And so when we talk about finding that logical position, we talk about adjusting bids. It has to be done based on key metrics. Another reason why agencies suck is they'll, they'll tell you, oh, we got you 10,000 visitors last month. We got you 20,000 views on your, uh, your Instagram reel. And the, the average business owner would be like, oh, that's, that's really good. But it, it means nothing. Yeah, I feel I feel like the agency thing, it's almost like in a lot of ways, it's it's almost like a like a prey, a preyish type model. Like preying on uh, dumb business owners. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's almost like the seniors like taking advantage of like seniors or something. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's I, I'm sure there's some good agencies that like do good work, but it's not like an agency will ever be like, oh, we did really bad this month. Here's your money back. Right. And they're, not, they're certainly not going to give you – maybe they'll give you your money back like on a month, like their fee. They're not going to give you back the Google ads spend, the Facebook ads spend. They're not going to reimburse you for that. Right. So, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. But so when we talk about adjusting based on key metrics – you increase your bids, uh, yeah, you get more traffic, you get more add to carts. Nothing really matters aside from does it get you more sales? And what's the final profit minus what you spent on those ads? Right. That sales might not be the important thing. It's profit from those sales, which most likely an agency is definitely not going to be paying attention to. Yeah, an agency will not be able to to tell you exactly what your profit is because they don't know, obviously shipping costs vary, that type of thing. Maybe if you have like a few SKUs, you know, you have your own brand and you have like one product, three products. And like the, the cost is very flat and they have a, a very set like margin to work with, but with drop shipping, you can never tell an agency about your thousands of products and all the different margins and the shipping zones and all that, that stuff. So <laughs> only you can really know about that. Yeah. And uh, yeah. So enough bashing agencies for now. Yeah. Uh, so I put, I had this quote in the last one and I liked it. So I kept it. The business that can spend the most to acquire a customer wins. And that is kind of the name of the game here, because if you know your margins and you know exactly where you need to spend your money, like if the word di the keyword diamond tooth chainsaw converts really well for you, then you know you can spend more money on it. And if you can spend more money on it, you're going to show up in front of more customers and you're going to get the, the market share of those diamond uh, tooth chainsaw customers. So that's really, really important. It's not that you can't operate a dropshipping drop business like low and slow style. And it can be, it can certainly be profitable, but we're talking here about going from, you know, zero, zero sales to getting your first, your first 10,000 in revenue, getting all the way up to 3,000, 300,000, 500,000, et cetera. You're going to need to see these key areas where you can really invest more money and then do that. You should, you should speak at a university, Mike. This is like a, <sighs> this is like a whole lecture here. I don't have the credentials. Yeah, you don't. you don't. So, <laughs> all right. So Google Shopping. 
what are the, the important things to note here? And we're going to get into an example uh, soon. But Google Shopping, right? The pictures, you search chainsaw, pictures of chainsaws show up with the, uh, the prices, right? So what we like to do, what you have to do is segment your Google Shopping ads based on what is more likely to convert, what's not likely to convert. So I'm going to go back to this, this Dan Kennedy quote. The business that can spend the most to acquire a customer wins. Give me a chainsaw company, Joe. I don't know. Acme? All right. Acme chainsaws. Right. What you can do in Google Shopping ads using priorities is segment these more generic terms like chainsaw, diamond tooth chainsaw, uh, handheld chainsaw. You can segment them from Acme chainsaw, Acme handheld chainsaw, Acme diamond tooth chainsaw. Because if somebody is aware of Acme, they're searching for it, it's highly, highly likely that they have a desire to purchase it. So you can spend more money on them. If they're just searching chainsaw, you don't know what they want. You don't know if they need a gas powered, if they need a battery powered, if they need one for a bush, if they need one for a shrub, if they need it for a friggin' oak tree. You know, so the more specific the search and, uh, you know, if they're talking about a brand, whatever, then you know that they're lower down in the buyer funnel. So that's where you need to use high priority and medium priority in Google Shopping to tell it, hey, using priorities, you can say, hey, I only want to show up in this campaign for Acme chainsaws and searches containing the word Acme. And therefore, you can bid more on them, show up higher, uh, which is what we, when we say top impression share, that's a metric inside Google that tells you how high you're showing up, what percentage of the time. So there's, impre- there's top impression share and there's top absolute impression share. I don't want to get too deep into it here, but you can basically use this, find the optimal point at which you should show up. So like on some branded branded stuff, we're showing up 50 to 80% of the time at the top because we're willing to spend more money to acquire that customer for that segmented search because we know that they have high buying intent. And on top of that, we've sold the product before it reliably converts. We know we're going to get the sale if the customer is low down enough in the buying funnel. Yo, we're, um, we're bouncing all around here like a friggin' uh, screensaver. I was trying to see it. I was just experimenting with it. I like this one, actually. Yeah. Um, anyway, right. So this is, this is the bulking and cutting, right? So someone searching Acme Chainsaw, maybe a, a $1 bid gets you it costs you $100 to get a conversion. You get $300 per sale profit. You bump it up to $150 to $2. Now, all of a sudden, it costs you $200 to get a sale. But at a $1 bid, maybe you get one sale a week. Maybe at a $2 bid, you get more sales because you're showing up more. But your cost per conversion is going to be higher. Because you're spending more per click. 
So you need to find that optimal spot through spending more on these products, bulking, but then if it doesn't, if it's not totally where you want it to be, maybe that it's costing you too much to get a conversion to where it's not worth it. Maybe you bump back down to 150. And that's, that's a good spot based on what your margins are, the competitiveness of the product, um, and how, how often you sell it. So like, there's some things that we could sell more, but we simply don't because the margin isn't there. Maybe we don't, we don't like dealing with the supplier as much. So we choose to spend less on it, have a uh, higher or have a lower cost per conversion. So it makes those sales just better. More worth it. More worth it. Right. And so the important thing, this is all done through manual bidding. None of this AI performance max nonsense. And I'll tell you something. We sold a website recently for a high number. We have a video on this. It was over, over half a million dollars. And the first thing, one of the first things that this company did when they bought this website and then they got all their people in there. I mean, shout out to them for having their own in-house uh, ads. But they went and changed the ad account that I had been working on for years and years. They took all the manual bidding away and changed it all to performance max. Why? Because they probably attended some conference where they, oh, the, look at all the cool things the algorithm does, how advanced it is. It's going to get you more sales, yada, yada, yada. And what happened? Everything immediately flopped. They're emailing us. We got to get on a call. We got to fix this. And we said, hey, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> I spent years optimizing these bids. And you're just going to come in and, and tell Google to do its thing and expect the same results? Nonsense. Nonsense. So this gives you so much control. And when you're doing this, like, you can call it a side hustle. You can call it whatever you want. It's it's so important you have control over what you're bidding on each product. Because like I said, maybe a product is out of stock. You want to lower the bid. Maybe suppliers running a special on a product. You can up that individual bid on the individual SKU. You have total control over how much money you're spending, where the money is going inside your ads account. And that's going to be the best way to reliably make profit for yourself with dropshipping. So additionally, with Google Shopping, people are clicking on chainsaws, they're landing on our website. Now they're becoming a part of our retargeting audience. Mm -hmm. So I, I alluded to this a little bit before, a little bit before. When they search chainsaw, maybe they land on a collection page. Well, it's Google Shopping. They land on a product, they start browsing around for chainsaws. Maybe they, you know, they leave, they go have lunch, whatever. They come back the next day, they search a brand on Google again that I have. You can bid more on this search because this person's been on your website before. Now they're coming back to Google searching again. And that is a huge indicator that they are very low in the buying funnel. They are very ready to make a purchase. So this is really all the big secrets. And this is, it's so easy to do yourself, honestly. 
like people go to school for four years for marketing for what you can learn this in, in a few months. Yeah. That's, so. what's, that's, what's really funny about it. Uh, um, you know, I totally believe in advanced degrees when it comes to stuff that's like really technical, maybe like uh, medicine. Well, that could, that's a whole nother subject, but maybe like <laughs> med- medicine, physics, things where you really need to recognize a lot of, or remember and know a lot of facts and a lot of research and history of research and things like that. But for something like marketing, especially in the digital age where it's changing like every week, I mean, it's not even really changing every week, but like you, you go, you're not going to get this in a, in a school about marketing. You're probably just going to get some like core principles and these stupid theories and things like that, rather than you have the ability to go on to Google and advertise yourself, market yourself and, and see what happens and learn from that. And it's going to be more valuable every single time. Yeah. One of our students posted a picture of his marketing class. Uh, it was like homework or something. Oh my, yeah, it was a joke. I forget what it even was, <laughs> what the contents of it were, but yeah, it's pretty funny stuff. Uh, one last note I want to make before we move on to the next slide. I wrote here segment and I wrote high, medium, low priority. And that's because that's the only way you can filter the keywords you show up for in Google Shopping. That you have these three priorities. However, we only use two priorities. You can call it high, medium, you can call it high, low, but we use what's what's called two-tiered campaigns. You have a high-priority campaign, you have a medium-priority campaign. So I know if I don't see that, people are going to join the course and they're going to do a three-tiered campaign. They're going to cite this as why they did it. You don't need the third tier. And it's out of scope to go into it, but we built very big dropshipping businesses with just two tiers. Once you get into three, you're, uh, you're playing with the snakes, as Dave Ramsey likes to say. Um, it just gets too difficult to manage, in my opinion. And I, can, I can go more into it, but two tiers is really all you need. It keeps it simple, and the, the fruits of your labor will still be there. So we're going to move us back over here now. Okay. Again, I apologize for the picture quality, but... I wanted to get into an example, right? So let's say you're barbecue guys and you're selling outdoor TVs. So it's hard to read, but you got a few brands here. You got Peerless, you got Titan, uh, Sunbright. Those are those are the three. And uh, they got another one, Siora. But let's say, hey, I want to run some shopping ads here. What would that look like? So... One thing that could happen is you show up for a search like Peerless Outdoor TV. And again, hard to see, but this does have search volume. Did you say something? Yeah, I was trying to see if you could see it if you full screen it, but that didn't really work. Oh, sorry. What the hell are you doing? Sorry, sorry. Go back. <laughs> anyway, Pure, uh, no. I was, I was trying to help, but I made it worse. You did. Peerless Outdoor TV, right? So this is of pretty good buying intent because it's come to their attention that they want an outdoor TV. They're probably interested in outdoor TV so much so that they're aware of a particular brand of outdoor TV. 
And so they're searching for that particular brand. And so this would be a prime place for you to show up with these shopping ads that we have here. And it's hard to read, but the average CPC that this estimates, um, this is keywords everywhere, a, a keyword tool, is like 62 cents. And these products are $1,800, $3,000, nothing to sneeze at price-wise. And who knows, who knows how much you can make on this? At least 300 bucks, probably more. 500 hopefully on the $3,000 one and um, 68 cents per click. And that's probably a high estimate because when you get these keyword estimates here, that's like for shopping ads or sorry for um, search ads. It's like actual search results. So you could see how it can't be too hard to create a return on investment when you're spending, let's say 50 cents per click and you make $500 back on a sale. So what's the math there, Joe? How many clicks would it take to break even uh, to make a sale? At 50 cents and you make $500? A hundred? Yeah. Right? No, a thousand. A thousand clicks. A thousand. Yeah, duh. That, can you convert someone coming to your website for Peerless Outdoor TV, looking for the exact product, not the exact product, but the exact brand and product type, one in a thousand is all you have to convert to make your money back. You and should. if you can't do that, you have some bigger issues. So that's that. Here, we have an even more specific search. Peerless NT552. This means they're searching for the exact product that they want to that they want to buy down to the item number of the product. If you're just becoming aware of an outdoor TV, you're not searching something like this. The only person that's going to search something like this is going to be someone that is acutely aware of the product that they're interested in, the product that, that they desire. And so it's highly likely that this person is very, very close to buying. They could be looking for parts, maybe, but a simple negative keyword like parts, support, whatever, they're not going to show up in your campaigns. So we talk about that quote, the person who can spend the most money to acquire a customer wins. You know, if you're going to make $500 on this, you could bid a lot higher on something like this versus a search like outdoor TV. And I think you should mention who ends up losing in these type of scenarios, because assuming you're doing everything we're talking about, and then you have your competitor who's using an agency bidding on the generic keyword, running up their marketing budget with 50 right. people on their team, they're eventually going to run out of money. Whereas you're not. So that Dan Kennedy quote you keep saying, I think it's important to understand that just because you're spending the most amount of money, it doesn't necessarily mean you're spending the most amount of money, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's about where your money is going. Right. And in this example, I'm using it to say, hey, you got to put a lot of money into the areas where you know you're going to make a return back. 
Right. That's what the quote means. And at the end right. of the day, the person who can spend the most amount of money in the right areas wins. Because if you're spending the most amount of money in the wrong areas, you're going to lose. Right. The quote also refers to the idea that like kind of refers to like the upsell idea. You know, right. Yeah. If you spend, you know, $500 to get a customer in, but you know, on the back end, they're going to spend $10,000 with you. You could, you could drop a shitload of money to get them in the door. Cause you know what they're going to, the higher the value of the customer, the more you can spend on them. But you take care of that idea with the high ticket products you're already selling. And you ensure that you're going to make a return on your investment by staying low to the bottom of the funnel. And in this case, I'm, I'm using this example because you can place more money. You can be more aggressive with your bidding in these areas where the customer is being very specific in their, uh, their search intent, in the queries that they're searching versus outdoor TV. You don't really know what kind of TV they're looking for, the size. Um, do they want 4K? Do they want 1080p? Do they want a Samsung? Are they just looking for support on something? Are they trying to read an article about it? You don't really know. So you don't want to spend a whole lot of money here, even though there's a lot of volume. A lot of people are going to be searching for outdoor TV and variants of this term. But you can't really, you can't put a whole lot of faith that someone's going to buy that from a search like this. Someone searching Peerless NT552, it's already implied the exact model that they want. The size, the specs, everything. It's already implied. So this is more of an example of there's a there's an interest in them possibly buying your product. And it's it is important to get these searches, but they have to be cheap. Because you can get them, they come in the door, maybe a small, small percentage buy, but they're going on your remarketing list. When they're going down the funnel and they say, Hey, I actually like this peerless TV. They go on Google, they search Peerless TV. Now they're in your pixel. You can spend more money to show up at the top for them because you know they've gone through the buying process. So I'll get to this question here real quick. Fernando says, is it worth running Google ads for brands that sell direct to customer? What if they put a lot of effort into their own websites and are already bidding higher than someone who's just starting? I feel like we answer this question in every single video. The answer is I don't care that they're selling directly to the customer because it's unlikely that they're doing anything like this. They probably have a website that people can go and buy. They probably have organic traffic. Maybe they're running some ads, but maybe they're paying an agency who doesn't know what the hell they're doing. Maybe like the, that, the brand selling directly to the customer, 95% of the, the time you can run better ads than them. And if a brand, if it's a brand that has a map policy, so you're competing at the same price, it's no different competing against them versus competing against a, a different website, a different dropshipper. So yes, I don't care about this at all. Uh, Labor Jacques said, do a scaling video. Uh, actually, inside the course, I do have an entire separate module just on scaling. It's many videos. So get to get inside of the course, buildassetsonline.com to uh, check that out. But anyway, let's move on. So now we're going to get into Google search ads. So 
Google search ads, uh, like we talked about, we'll show some examples. When you search something and it looks like a regular search result in Google, but it, somebody's paying to be at the top there. So thank you for that. What's important to do here? The first thing you want to do is make a Google ad, Google search ad for your store name. Simple, easy, extremely likely to be profitable. In fact, I've never seen somebody not make just a have a, a huge ROI from their store name. So if your store name is something like uh, chainsaws.com, then maybe that's not the best idea. Maybe it's going to be difficult. What you looking at, Joe? There's a huge wasp in between the screen and the let it in the window. No, your factor. <laughs> yeah, that's big. <laughs> anyway, first first search ad you should make your store name easy. Second search ad you can make would be for high margin suppliers. That yeah, again, if you're gonna make a thousand bucks, they seem like a good supplier. Go ahead throw them into a search ad and you can do this for the supplier's name. You can do it for the supplier's products, but we're sticking to bottom of the funnel stuff here. If this, if the supplier is selling chainsaws, it doesn't mean go and make a search ad for the word chainsaw. You want, you want it to be for Acme chainsaw, Acme diamond tooth chainsaw, whatever. Um, so you can do that. You could do it for converting terms. Again, the majority of the time, this is going to be branded. We have done this for like more generic stuff, but it's uh it's not gonna be as easy. It's gonna it's gonna just cost more to acquire a customer. Google search ads are a bit more expensive. Um, but one good thing here about Google ads is you don't really have to go through the bulking and cutting phase in the same way. Because number one, you're picking the exact keyword or like a very tight knit pool of keywords you're gonna show up for. So you are really um, targeted as to what's about to happen. You're going to show up for this word or this, this collection of words. So you don't have to do the scaling up, scaling back um, as drastically. And Google tells you, hey, this is your quality score on your ads. Meaning Google assigns a quality score for your landing page experience, for your ad relevance, and um, I'm drawing a blank on the other one. Landing, page experience, ad relevance. And there's one other one, but essentially your quality score is going to determine how high Google shows you and how much it costs you to show up high. So if your quality score is good, so someone searching for Acme Chainsaw, you have a targeted search ad for that specific word, that set of words, it's in your ad copy, it's on your uh, landing page, the whole thing, your quality score is going to be high. It's going to be cheaper to show up there and Google's going to show you more. And once again, this is going to feed back into your retargeting audience. So people are going to click onto your website. Now they're in your audience. Maybe they come back, you hit them with a shopping ad. Maybe you come back, they come back, they get hit with a different search ad. So that's, uh, that's how we do it. And that's a separate retargeting uh, campaign, just like with Google shopping. I don't know if I said that in the last one, separate retargeting campaigns. So pretty straightforward. So this, this is, uh, some 
search ads for Peerless TV, right? Sponsored, this place to go. Uh, see, here's the thing. This place to go is probably, I think it's a big company. I don't like this ad. Why? It doesn't even say Peerless in it. You can make branded search ads <laughs> specifically for the brands that you'd like to sell. That way, whenever someone searches Peerless, you're showing up, you have the most relevant ad. Therefore, the customer is going to say, okay, this is this person knows directly what I want, exactly what I want. You take them directly to your Peerless TV products and highly likely you get a sale off this. Kind of crazy. So, I think it goes to show again that like the bigger the company, oftentimes the worse the uh, Google ads are managed. Yep. I think Wayfair does a pretty good job, but yeah, that's, that's just one company really out of uh, Wayfair. Yeah. They, they do. Yeah. That Wayfair, what they do, they do this for their SEO. Also, they do a lot of like programmatic stuff where yeah. it's like kind of automatically inserted. So if you search for like, I don't know, like, like gold shopping carts, Wayfair is going to automatically have like a, a collection page generated. That's like gold shopping carts. You'll love. Yeah. And they probably dynamically insert similar, like they do. It's probably similarly for the Google search ads. Yeah. Yeah. And again, inside the course, I do have a, uh, a search ad masterclass of sorts where I show people exactly how to plan this out. Like if you're going to, you have these, uh, peerless outdoor TVs, how to do your ad groups, how to do your um, keywords you target and stuff like that. And yeah, you get really uh, granular with it and you're targeting these exact terms that are really high intent. Uh, it's pretty cool stuff. And so this is like sort of medium of the funnel search ad. So when I talked about like uh, what I have here, Converting terms. Maybe this is a converting term for you. Outdoor 55-inch TV. Maybe you, you on your shopping ads, you have a bunch of sales that have come from outdoor 55-inch TV. So another way to scale, rather than just bidding higher on that shopping ad product, you can take that search term, throw it directly into a search ad, and then you take the customer to a collection page of either that product you have that converts well for that search term on shopping ads or just a collection of your 55-inch outdoor TVs. And so since you have reliable data that this term converts, you have enough evidence that you can put this into a search ad and get decent results. So... That's really the, the meat of the presentation. And that's really the, the bulk of how we run our stores. You just doing those things that I talked about now, you can get a store to multiple six figures, a, a dropshipping store. But that's really it. But now I do want to get into um, just some accessory YouTube stuff that you can do that uh, people might find appealing. So you can always take this audience that you've acquired through people clicking onto your search ads and retarget them on YouTube because yes, people are going to come back. They're going to search again on Google, but you don't know when that's going to happen. And you can get in front of them more by doing some social retargeting 
Yes, you could do it on Facebook, you could do it on Instagram, but this is a Google Ads video. So YouTube is Google, Google is YouTube. So really simple. You can pay somebody to make like a short video. It could be just even like uh, stock videos related to, you got a chainsaw, someone chopping down a freaking tree, says, hey, come back and get your chainsaw, sale, now, whatever, and just hit them with that. Set it and forget it. We're not bulking and cutting. We're not doing any of this stuff, but you can do a little bit of AI here. You can do like optimize for conversions and kind of let this run $5 a day, $10 a day and see what it comes back with. Maybe after a few months, you got some conversions registered. The cost for a conversion is pretty good. Maybe you decide to ramp it up a little bit, but just keeping it pretty simple and uh, creating a little bit of authority, creating a little bit of brand awareness and just uh, getting a customer back onto the website when, again, they've shown intent already. So it's okay to go into the social network and uh, target them. You know, I just noticed, Mike, and I don't know if this is a, and it's not really a good thing or a bad thing, but a lot of the website, well, let me see, is the third one down? I think, no. So a lot of the websites that we've sold are now down. Like the person who took them over is, I'm talking about two right now, are just, they're just down, like out of business. And I, I think it's pretty, pretty funny. Wait. What's what's the second one? Um, I just sent it to you. Whoa. So yeah, I think it's pretty funny how these websites change hands. You get a different operator in the Google ads and a different operator behind the customer service. A website that's once fruitful and doing well, a few years later, so. is down. Oh, you know, six-figure website sales for us. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just goes to show. Just goes to show you need to really know these skills that we're talking about right now because. If you don't know, then something goes wrong in your ad account, a supplier shits the bed, whatever. You can't adjust for it because you don't know how to go into your ads account and, and adjust for it. So that's interesting. Interesting stuff. But let's uh, keep going here. People are starting to snooze. Anyway, um, this is kind of like a good example. Not Not for the – this is for like the outdoor TV stuff, right? So number one, um, if you're doing YouTube retargeting, I couldn't find a specific video that would suit an outdoor TV because I don't like, I'm not going to get targeted with that, but it doesn't matter if you're looking for something that is indicative of if you're ready to buy an outdoor TV or not, you are simply putting, going into you, the, the YouTube campaigns putting in your audience of people that have visited your website and it doesn't matter what video they're on. If they're looking at pavers, if they're looking at a Mr. Beast video, you could show up there. So I just wanted to make that important distinction and then um, talk about how you can 
use something like this, a video like this, for YouTube top of the funnel stuff. So you can target within Google Ads people that are watching specific videos, right? So maybe even this a better example would be somebody looking up a, a peerless TV, outdoor TV review. You can go into YouTube targeting and you can target to show up on that video for people. And so when it comes to creative there, you would need to do a little bit of a better video. And again, you probably just pay someone for this, but this is, I'm not going to get too, too deep into this because unless you're past 300,000 in sales a month on your dropshipping store, don't even think about this. It's so far out of scope. It's like, it's like making a freaking Instagram, like a, like a TikTok for an outdoor TV. What's your plan there? Do you really think you're going to convince somebody to go all the way at the top of the funnel, all the way down to the action phase? Unless you have a lot of money to blow through and you can spend just an exorbitant amount of money to acquire a customer because they're going to sign up for maybe your TV service and they're going to pay you thousands and thousands of dollars over their lifetime. You probably, you're, you're not doing this. So don't even, don't even think about this until, until you're already making good money, just doing the bottom of the funnel stuff. Then you can work your way up again. Like if peerless is just a sick brand for you, and you know you convert really, really well on Peerless, you're one of the top sellers in the country, then you can start going onto YouTube, targeting people that are searching for you know Peerless TV review or they're building a outdoor patio and you can start to get in front of them. And this is a way to, again, build that retargeting audience even further and again, do some extra retargeting on these people. So now you could, it's a little bit easier to capture these people at a higher stage of the funnel and work them all the way down. You could pay a little bit more because now you know they're watching Peerless TV Review. Maybe they haven't searched anything yet on a, a query-based search engine like Google, but they might be there. They might be there in the, in the buying stage. So you can do this. So yeah, and it, you could do this. Maybe you, you target them with a uh, outdoor TV ebook. I don't know. Something to optimize for other than straight purchases because it's a far way down. So get them onto your email list. Get you know certain cost per lead and continue to market to them. But this is getting to be a bit advanced when you just don't need to be that advanced. You could stay at the bottom. You could not even get into this stuff. Just stay at the bottom of the funnel forever and acquire new suppliers and repeat this process. So that's really, that's really the, the, the gist. But alas, one last thing. This is kind of everything we've looked at plus SEO and how it all works together. So you have the paid ads paid ads, the YouTube traffic and the SEO. So you're writing articles, whatever. It's all funneling traffic into your dropshipping website. 
Some people are just going to buy. You're going to get high ticket sales from that. Some people may not buy. They funnel into your retargeting list. They funnel into your email list. But guess what? They're on your retargeting list. They get thrown back into your YouTube ads, into your Google ads. They land back on your website again. Maybe they sign up for email this time. Maybe they don't. Maybe they buy this time. Maybe they don't. But this cycle is going to continue along with the SEO. Because again, someone can land on your website from an article you wrote. Now they're on your retargeting list. Now you can pay a lot to show up in front of them. And it's going to be very likely they wind up as a high ticket sale for you. So that's it. Build assets online.com slash class. And uh, it's really, you really gave a masterclass today, Mike. Well, if people want to see the actual ins and outs of how you do this inside your ad account, how you get suppliers, how you set up your store, then they got to, they got to go to build assets online.com. I still, I still, I feel like you gave away too much. I don't even care because nobody's going to do it. Yeah, you're right. But I'll tell you what. So I did a call the other day, yesterday, with uh, Jacob over here and his brother. And he was actually like, hey, we saw you mention this product in uh, like a random video. And like we actually went out and did it. But then it, that made me happy. <laughs> you know, it's good to see there's people that are that are picking, picking up what we're uh, putting down. You know what I'm saying? I'm sure there are some. I'm sure there's some. But... That's really it. We can get to questions if people have any, but um, we'll see here. Hector says, what app do you guys use to track conversions? Well, you don't have to use any app. You can just use um, the Google global site tag that they give you. You put that on your website. You tell it what a conversion is. So for dropshipping, a conversion is when someone lands on uh, the thank you page. That means they've ordered. So you put a conversion event there and uh, boom, registers as a conversion. So you can do this yourself, but we also recommend uh, Ad Nabu as a good tool because it makes it really easy for people. It's just like one click, it installs everything for you. So those are the two options uh, you have. You can do it yourself or you can just do Ad Nabu. Jacob says, very great information, like big companies to hire you, hire you and pay you a couple million. Yeah, they should. Just give me a couple million. Thomas says, with others in the space recently giving out extremely high value ad information, I mean, why not? I don't know who else is doing it, but this wasn't a, uh, this wasn't a uh, retaliation to that at all. I don't really watch other people's videos. We got enough going on, Joe. We can barely make these videos. Yeah, I mean, you think I spend time watching other people's videos? Here's 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 I think what people don't understand is that if you're in the trend, if you're in the trenches and you're uh, starting to like learn, the types of videos that you're probably going to be targeted with are going to be not the kind of stuff that I'm watching, like. When I watch videos on how to make more money online, I'm usually looking up like very, very specific things and watching people talk about those very, very specific things. If you're attracted to videos that are like how I made $10,000 a month with 
dropshipping or I tried dropshipping for 30 days. Here are the results. I tried dropshipping from scratch. And like all these, like I type in, let's say I type in dropshipping on, uh, on YouTube right now. What do I see? How to start dropshipping 2023 for beginners. Like it's always this, how to make your first thousand dollars as a beginner, how dropshipping actually works. Like it's just, I'm not watching that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, maybe, maybe Thomas is an accomplished uh, marketer. I don't know, but there's also like people just starting out. Don't even know how to perceive what's high value or not. That's the whole problem. People see high, people see value in terms of like how a video looks or if something seems um, just based on how it seems, not if it actually is high value, you know, because you can't, you don't have that level of discernment. Right. People like, like, I mean, think, think about how, how food works. It's kind of very, very similar to how dropshipping videos on YouTube work. When it Hold comes on, to sorry, it, my, uh, my speaker just shit the bed. So oh. I can't hear what you're saying, but I'm oh, sure right. people can. Well, when it comes to food, like places like McDonald's, they've figured out the perfect ratio of like salt, fat, sugar, all that kind of thing. Like they figured it out. They dialed it in texture, how they could spend the least money and get people the most addicted to their food. And that's what a lot of, when you're watching like YouTube videos about dropshipping or about making money online, people have dialed in on the ratio. It's like, I need this lighting. I need th this scene change every couple seconds. And this, and then, when you're watching it, you feel good. Just like when you're eating, you know, the McDonald's uh, McFrosty or McFlurry or whatever. Like, oh man, this is this is delicious. Got maybe got some fries on the side. Whatever, it's really hit the textures, the hot, the cold. Everything, everything's hitting the spot. And then what yeah, happened? My my speaker came back kind of in the middle of that, but it is uh that is kind of a funny analogy because like a lot of times with with courses like these compulsive course buyers they they are addicted to that dopamine hit of like the the fluff material and then they give in they buy it and then after when it's like they got to watch the actual modules on how to do stuff then the crash sets in yeah so it's, it is kind of like mcdonald's you eat the meal you're all excited for it and now you're like shit yeah you feel exactly. bad about yourself Exactly. Exactly. But yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of the dark side of, of marketing is just figuring out the exact ratio to get you, get you dumb enough to, to consume the product. Yeah. Yeah. Again, very similar, very similar to the fast food example, because yes, I mean, that's the whole issue with like, uh, what's his name? Kevin David, like the, everything CoffeeZilla makes, makes videos about, right? is the issue that if you dial in your marketing enough, you can convince anybody of anything and get, and get them to give you a lot of money. But the important thing is what the actual output of that is. Like if you're paying $20,000 for something, it could be worth it. I mean, someone could have really, really persuasive, good marketing and what you get as a result of that could be worth it or it could not be. So I don't know. We try to just do things in an authentic way so that it, it what, what you see is what you get. Right. No one else is coming on here talking about Google ads live for over an hour. 
I've never yeah. seen I've never seen that before. Yeah. I don't know. Hector says, thanks guys. Death is gonna join the course. Cool. So go back and see uh what else we got in terms of chats, but nobody beats Bow. Jacob says. Uh. I wish we had a cult, you know. <laughs> Speaking of, you know what's funny? Is I just searched the whiz because that was the the motto of the the whiz. Nobody beats the whiz, and apparently uh, they were bought out by PC Richard and Son. I didn't know that. I don't know what the whiz is. It was like a store in like the nineties. It was like an electronic store. Nobody beats the whiz. It sounds familiar, but that's before my time. I've never seen that. Okay. Have you been inside of a whiz? Yeah, 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 definitely. Huh. It was almost like a Best Buy, but like kind of, kind of like grimy a little bit. Interesting. I don't know. Our, our boy Justin is in these kombuchers. <laughs> Justin's a good old Texas boy. I'm surprised he's drinking kombucha. Uh, <laughs> not Bud Light. <laughs> about it. yes speaking of interesting products and, and and speaking of bud light i was looking up i was truly interested in this product and i i thought to myself last night if nobody sells this like i definitely want to make this and it's a a, a nightgown for men <laughs> Leave a comment. Would you buy Joe's nightgown for men? Yeah, I mean, yeah, you've been you've been chasing the nightgown your whole life. You got a Dragon Ball Z blanket right there. Yeah. I mean, in I high mean, in high would school, you wear it out. Well, let me tell you something. In high school, like some people would wear like really long, like white t shirts, like really long ones, and like super baggy jeans. And they would be like, yo, I got the T-skirt on. Just, you know what I'm So, I, I don't know. I feel like the, the super long shirts could be good. Yeah. I'm, the, I, but a nightgown, there's typically nothing, like, below the shirt. Right? right. Like, you're not. Yeah, I mean, apparently a lot of these exist, which I was surprised. Like, a lot of them look pretty cool. You search men's nightgown? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still debating on whether I should. Yeah, I, I think I got to get some of these. Yeah. Yeah. Someone, Jacob, someone who is bringing a lot of value to the high ticket e-commerce space is Brooke Hitting. Do you know who that is, Joe? No. I don't. I don't like talking about other people on here. But, I mean, listen. This guy bought our cousin's course. Who do you, who do you think they learned from? It all, it all traces back. <laughs> Where do you think people got this information from? Yeah, I mean, I don't really care about talking about other yeah, it's people. Just At this point, it doesn't really matter to me. Like I said in the previous stream, I'm just trying to put more stuff, more stuff into orbit. Yeah, people are sitting here talking about who's this and that 
Joe's getting 10 websites up. The friggin' chat GPT. GPT. This is actually a good niche. Jacob says, sell kombucha machines. Um, Yeah. It exists. Kombucha, uh, like a kegerator, but for kombucha, like on tap. And that is a, that is a good niche. Yeah, kombucha machines and uh, nightgowns. Speaking, speaking of uh, men's clothing, when are we, we going to get uh, your uh, your UK friends on here? They're doing high. They're doing our high ticket dropshipping course in the UK, and they're they're doing well. I don't know. They don't feel confident enough yet, but hopefully soon. Oh my god! Sorry, my speaker is screwed. Say something. I said they they want to be like more confident before they come on. But I mean, yeah, I, I think definitely soon they, they should be coming. I mean, we might have a big uh, interview coming. One of our one of our students is uh, on track to have a nice exit, but I don't want to I don't want to get too deep into that. It just says it all traces back to the dropship daddies, and that's. That's the truth. So it's all good. But yeah, what do you say, Joe? Call it here. Yeah, let's uh, let's call it here. All righty, guys. Thanks for coming. Thank you for coming. Thank you for watching this presentation. If you made it all the way through, if not, that's okay too. Go to buildassetsonline.com/class. See how we build our business portfolios, how we build our dropshipping stores, and uh, have a portfolio worth over seven figures. So with that, it, uh, take it or leave it. But as always, take it easy. Take it easy.